The next head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats doesn't need to be Luke Fickle. He needs to avoid a trap within the Cincinnati sports landscape. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We're free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. Follow it too to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's Big 12 championship matchup between 12th ranked Kansas State and 4th ranked TCU right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. Alex Frank, your host each and every day right here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So I remember two distinct days from my sophomore year at the University of Cincinnati. I remember the day the 1819 Innovation Hub opened, and I also remember the day that John Brandon was hired. And I remember there's a phrase that still lives at the University of Cincinnati. Next lives here. And that is something that has thrusted the university. um, Because there's, you know, a perception that is within the city of Cincinnati, both internally and outside of it. And to me, I think the next head coach at the University of Cincinnati needs to do something that Joe Burrow has done. He needs to do something that Wes Miller will hopefully do. And he needs to do something that um, can make us think differently about Bearcats football. So within the Cincinnati sports landscape, we have a tendency to compare things to the past, right? We compare every Reds era to the Big Red machine. We held Mick Cronin in comparison to Bob Huggins. We did a lot. I mean, we live in the past a lot with Cincinnati sports, but we can't do that. And I think, and my hope is we don't live in the past with how great Luke Fickle was. I mean, he's the greatest coach in Bearcats football history. But that doesn't mean that we can't ever get ourselves out of that era and live in the present. You know, the next head coach needs to embrace the future, thrust Cincinnati into the modern era of college athletics, make players be able to come here and be able to make money off their name, NIL. Right now, the University of Cincinnati, I'm not really sure if it's a school and a program where players can come in and have the same opportunities that you would at an Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, schools like that. What I need is, and what I think we all need as a head coach, Luke Fickle has gotten the Bearcats to the table, but now we need a new leader to fully enthrust us into that modern era of college athletics. We're now in the power five. And as great as Luke Fickle was, I'm not really sure 
if his coaching style was going to be conducive to the Big 12. Um, we have been through this with Bearcats basketball. Bob Huggins is the greatest head coach in, in program history. We know that. But what we also know is that we compare every coach since him to him. Mick Cronin did a lot of great things. But a lot of us were caught up in the fact that he was never Bob Huggins. Well, no one's ever going to be. That's like how no quarterback in Bearcats football history is ever going to be Desmond Ritter. No quarterback um, or, you know, um, no offensive lineman is ever going to be Anthony Munoz for the Bengals, right? I don't know if any head coach is going to mean as much to Cincinnati as Luke Fickle did. The next head coach might win a national championship. Does that make him the greatest head coach in program history? Maybe. I don't know. I do know for what Luke Fickle did and what he means to the program. But at the same time, the next head coach needs to get this program up to speed on NIL, ensure that they will be able to come to Cincinnati players and get the same opportunities as other Power 5 programs, keep the recruiting pipelines open, um, and understand that we will, yes, compare the next head coaches to Luke Fickle, but we can't do that because the next coach doesn't come in and succeeds. You know, we can't just make it hard for him to succeed. We got to give him a chance. I think we will. The new, the next coach has to come in and win. We know that. I mean, after all this program has accomplished in six years, we need the next head coach to come in and continue that. But there's also some things that Luke Fickle, I look, thinking about it now, I do question if he was going to be able, because yes, the Bearcats are in the Big 12. From a competitive standpoint, he could have stayed, and the Bearcats probably would have gone 8-4 and four ne- next year. But, it, but college athletics now is so much more than play on the field and recruiting. Because can you take advantage of opportunities that you can at other major college towns? Like since Cincinnati is new to this, right? Alabama. Georgia, those are long-time established college towns. Cincinnati is just putting itself on the map as such. And that's where NIL comes into play. Do players feel like they can come and capitalize off their name, image, and likeness and make money off of it? With more opportunities in the sport, was Luke Fickle the right guy for the job? I'm not saying from an X's and O's. I'm not saying from a recruiter. I'm not saying from a leader of a program he was not. I'm saying with other elements in the modern-day era of college athletics, was Luke Fickle the right man for that? And maybe now that he's left and we move on and go to our next head coach, that is going to be a major talking point. Is that next head coach going to be able to fully enthrust the Bearcats into the future? Because there are perceptions about Cincinnati, the university, 
in the city that still are true today. They're not as prevalent as they were 10 years ago or five years ago even. The University of Cincinnati is a modern-day institution, right? Credit the 1819 Innovation Hub. Credit President Neville Pinto. Credit um, um, John Cunningham. You can even credit Mike Bone for that. When John Brandon was hired, and I know that didn't work out, but that was a move that was aligned with the Next Lives Here initiative, right? The next head coach has to get the bear has to get the Bearcats into the future because watching this team this year, it made me think, are they ready for the Big 12? I need a head coach who has a modern day coaching style. Luke Fickle's coaching style is modern, but is it Big 12 modern? I don't know. And maybe understand their emotions are running high. I'm still upset he left because this program is on uncertain terms for the first time in quite some time. But maybe we'll look back on this and say, it sucked Luke Fickle left, but we got someone who was going to put the Bearcats into the future of modern-day college athletics. Speaking of which, how much of a rebuild will this be for the Bearcats program? I'll explain after I tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, like all the conference championship games this weekend, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So this program, the University of Cincinnati, um, it's safe to say the foundation of this program is gone because Fickle left, right? You don't know where it's going to go. You don't know if it's going to be what this program has been defined by, for the previous 15 years, you don't know if it's going to um, if it's going to look different. Here's my thing, and I'm going to talk about this with John Garcia Jr. on Friday, Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated. He hasn't been on the show in a long time, but we're going to talk to him later this week. Um, the university now has to decide, and John Cunningham hasn't been here a long time. He's been here for almost three years. He knows what this program's identity is. But is that identity conducive to winning in the Big 12? And that's a question that is going to, I think, be a major one in this coaching search. The university now has to decide what they want this football program's identity to be. And the coach will obviously have much more say than the athletic director. The athletic director is overseeing all the sports of the school, not just football. Now, football is the highest revenue-driven sport, and it might get more attention, and that's rightfully so. But is this program still going to be driven driven through the trenches? Or is it going to be maybe more modern to compete in the Big 12? The Big 12 is an offensive conference. We know that. But if you look at some of the Big 12 statistics, if you look at um, through 12 games, every team in the conference, 
Kansas State and TCU are playing on Saturday, which is a very unique conference championship game. You don't really see those two teams play. But if you look at some of the statistics in the Big 12, team-wise, and you look at, excuse me, if we look at um, offensively, right, TCU led the conference in scoring at 41.3. Nine teams averaged 30 or more points per game. The only team who didn't was Iowa State. They finished 4-8. In the Big 12 this year, right, you have, let's see, you have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 teams who are bowl eligible. West Virginia and Iowa State are not, but they finished 4-8 and 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 5-7 respectively. TCU led the conference 41.3 points per game. Kansas State was 6th at 33.4. Now, the Big 12 also plays some defense. Kansas State is holding opponents to a conference leading 19.4 points per game. So while the conference is predicated on offense, in fact, the passing game is still very prevalent. Texas Tech led the conference with 307 yards per game. Oklahoma State, TCU, Iowa State, Oklahoma, all over 250 yards passing per game. Russians also prevalent. Oklahoma, Kansas State, both rushed over for 200 yards. Texas, TCU, Baylor, Kansas, all rushed for over 190 yards. Eight programs rushed for over 150 yards per game. Total offense, eight of the 10 programs over 400 yards. Three programs over 450 yards a game. But defense still matters, right? Four teams held opponents to 25 point, fewer than 25 points a game. TCU, Texas, Iowa State, Kansas State. Funny how Iowa State's in there. And they finished 4-8, and eight, last place in the conference. Um, outside of that, defensively, you still have to stop the run. Six teams held opponents to under 150 yards a game. Passing, pass defense, not very good. But again, some elements of Luke Fickle's coaching style were going to work in the Big 12. But let's be real. You got to be a lot more dynamic than the Bearcats were this year. The Bearcats in 2021 could play in the Big 12 and probably have gone 9-3. and three. The Bearcats of 2020 could have played in the Big 12 and have done just as well. It is an offensive conference, but they do run the ball and play defense. And if you look at some of the games Cincinnati played in this year, look at their three losses. What did they struggle to do? Run the ball, except for the two-lane game where they rushed for 235 yards. But they struggled to stop the run. The Bearcats struggled against dynamic offenses this year. UCF diced them. Balanced attack over 500 yards. Arkansas over 470 yards. Tulane diced them up on the ground. Could not stop the run. If you can't stop a running attack in the American and a dynamic offense in the Big 12, the Bearcats' style of play for the last five years, and I said this on Sunday, What was the biggest strength of Cincinnati's program under Luke Fickle? Their defense. It let them down at crucial points this year. 
I'm not saying it's a good thing Luke Fickle left. I am saying that the next head coach needs to bring in a regime that can fix that. The fact that the Bearcats' offense was stagnant this year. Cincinnati, all right, and we'll compare them to the Big 12. On offense this year, Cincinnati, 12 games. They got a 13th game coming up. Averaged 392.8 yards a game. 136.8 on the ground, 256 through the air. So if we put Cincinnati in the Big 12, all right, Cincinnati 300, what was that again? 392.8. That would rank ninth in the Big 12. If we put the rushing total of 136.8, that would rank eighth. If we add their passing total, 256, that would rank middle of the pack. My point, this offense right now stalled out this year. And it's interesting when you think about it. And I was thinking about this today. Cincinnati, Luke Fickle staying for one more year. Did he reach his peak? Did he stay a year too long? He could have left out, and it's interesting now that the reports are coming out that he wasn't happy with how the Notre Dame job turned out. Luke Fickle built the program to the apex. He knew that he couldn't do anything more to get this program to where he wanted it to go. Sometimes you stay a year too long. Marvin Lewis stayed three years too long with the Bengals, right? When we see players stay too long, you know, play too long. Brady, maybe this year is doing that. When we see Brett Favre play too long. When we see, you know, some things just become stale. Maybe this is the right time for a change. The style of play that Luke Fickle established was conducive for the last five years. But that style may not win in the Big 12. So not only is this program entering a rebuild, perhaps they're at a fork in the road with their identity as a program because their play this year was not going to win in the Big 12. If you want to look at last year's stats, and we will, Cincinnati last year offensively, 414.1 yards per game. If you put that in the Big 12, still middle of the pack, but you're right in line with Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Baylor, etc., If you want to add their defensive numbers, last year they allowed 318.4 yards per game. That would have been second in the Big 12. Rushing, 172.9. That would have been still middle of the pack, but not close to the bottom, right? You want to add their their rushing defense, 149.1. Middle of the pack towards the top, right? Last year's team was better, but that was the apex of this program. Things happen. Things stall out. Sometimes change is needed. I think we could look back on this time and say, man, it sucked. But if the next head coach comes in and maybe changes the identity a little bit, run the ball, stop the run, spread the ball around, 
maybe recruit a little differently while still keeping these recruiting pipelines open, I think that's going to go a long, long way to determining where the, how this program fares in the Big 12. And maybe we'll look back on that and say, you know what, that was a good thing. That's why maybe candidates like Matt Campbell and Brian Hardline, recruiter of the year, those names sound really good right now. Coming up, stepping stone or destination? How should the Bearcats head football coaching job be viewed? We'll explain after a word from two of our sponsors. All right, so is there really a such thing as a destination job? Because Brian Kelly left Notre Dame for LSU. Those two jobs aren't any different. If you think about it, LSU's SEC, Notre Dame is blue blood. What's the difference? Those two jobs are comparable. So therefore, is Cincinnati really now a destination job? Or is it just the next step or the next stop for a football coach? As you saw, Lincoln Riley went from Oklahoma to USC. Now, you can say, well, you're going to have more opportunities at USC, NIL. Yeah, that, 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 that's true. Oklahoma is a historically rich program. Just as much as USC. Just because you're now coaching in Los Angeles. Right? The Cincinnati job is a great job right now. But is really a job, and coaches will say it's a destination job. Is there really a such thing? Is there really a such thing as a destination job? Because to me, what if you're in if you're if you're a power five head coach, and I get it, some power five programs aren't very good. There are some that are better than others. But then why does Brian Kelly leave Notre Dame for LSU? Why does Lincoln Riley leave Oklahoma for USC? There are reasons, yes. But the Cincinnati job right now is much better than when Luke Fickle inherited it. I mean, that the job when he inherited it was a mess. You had to fix all the wrongs from Tommy Tuberville. You had to buy back a fan base that had turned its back on the program. You had to, you know, get fans to come to the games. Not as much as you had to do in the early 2000s. But there are now high expectations there are now championship aspirations. There are better resources in play with the new Pratt, with the new football facility coming. There are, you know, Nippert Stadium is a crown jewel, I think, when it comes to college football stadiums. I get it, it's not one of the biggest, but it's one of the most historic, and it's a tough place to play. There's Power 5 recruiting pipelines open. This is a tremendous job right now. And why do they have to hire someone from a step below Cincinnati? Right. When you think about how college coaching hiring works, right, why did Dana Holgerson go from West Virginia to Houston? Now, it's ultimately worked out for him because they're going back to the Big 12. But he went from the Big 12 to the AAC. I'm sorry, Gus Malzahn went from Auburn to UCF. Now, he's going back to a Power 5 conference, but still at the time... Sometimes, like Rick Pitino, and yes, you know, he was forced out of Louisville for, you know, m severe reasons. Now at Iona. So who's to say that there's a rigid structure of how you go about hiring coaches? 
Cincinnati's going to a power five, but that doesn't mean you have to hire the next up and coming, you know, group of five assistant like Florida State went after Mike Norvell. Now that's worked out pretty well for them. But I am saying to you that that if they don't have to specifically hire a group of five coordinator or a, you know a power five coordinator. The Bengals hired Zach Taylor, and he hadn't even been a coordinator in the NFL. And he's got the Bengals in position to go back-to-back in the AFC North. Right? John Harbaugh was a special teams was a special teams coordinator when he was hired. And he's one of the best head coaches in the NFL. In college, um, what's, a, what, what's a classic example of college? You've never been a coordinator, but then you become a head coach and you completely blow away everybody, right? Brian Hartline could be that for Cincinnati. As long as you surround yourself with a good staff, knowledgeable, you can go anywhere. Truthfully, you can go anywhere. So why can't they go Power 5 right now? They are now a Power 5 program. I'm going to start to talk about Cincinnati as a Big 12 program. Now, yes, they're going to be playing in a bowl game that, you know, may not be attractive. But at the same time, it's still going to be, you know, a game that matters. Their final game is members of the AAC. But I'm going to talk about them as if they're in the Big 12 right now. So the big, so what I'm trying to get to here is this. John Cunningham can prove that there is no rule book for hiring coaches with this hire. He did that by hiring Wes Miller, UNC Greensboro, going from the Southern Conference to Cincinnati, and now the Big 12, right? You don't have to do anything by a book. And the destination job thing, I don't think, I don't think, I I don't even know if it's that. It's a good job for any coach to have because he's going to be able to coach at a power five level. He's going to be able to recruit. He's going to be able to play for championships. He's going to get tremendous support from the fans. He's going to be in a good position. He's going to be able to, you know, coach in some high profile games. You are in a great position at the University of Cincinnati. If you... You are in a great position at the University of Cincinnati if you if you come here because of all the opportunities you will have. Luke Fickle changed the perception of the job. It is not a stepping stone. I think what it is is just another great look on a head coach's resume. You can interpret stepping stone multiple different ways. You can interpret it as you're preparing here to go coach at, I don't know, Tennessee, Michigan State, Notre Dame, etc. Or you can interpret it as just another great, um, another great um, look on your resume as a coach, your body of work, right? Whether that's Matt Campbell, Jesse Minter, whether that's Brian Hartline, that's going to look really good for their body of work. Because at the end of the day, if it's a destination job, 
Shouldn't that mean you stay until you retire? But you don't have to do that, right? Sometimes change of scenery is good, right? Sometimes Luke Fickle did that. I'm not going to fault him for that. He's still young. He's got a lot of coaching left in him, right? As long as you finish what you start. And that's what Brian Kelly didn't do. Luke Fickle did and more. He stayed to see what he did to build this program could get them to. And then stayed one more year. That is the definition of a program icon. He didn't have to do what he did. If you're upset about the way he left, understandable, I'm not. Because he did more than he had to do. So, destination job. Look, I I don't view it as that. I view it as a good job. I view it as a job with a lot of perks to it that I've mentioned. And in a lot better place than when Luke Fickle inherited it. The next head coach is going to come in with recruiting pipelines opened, with championship aspirations, a fan base that is looking for a leader. Because let me tell you, fans are as invested in this program as they have ever been. You now, We now care about college football at the University of Cincinnati. The next head coach has to continue that. That's what he has to do. Continue to get the Bearcats into the future. Just like Joe Burrow has done with the Bengals, just like Wes Miller do with the Bearcats, that's what needs to be done. Is there is still that perception around Cincinnati. And I know this. Mark Twain said it. When the world ends, I want to be in Cincinnati because it's always 20 years behind the times. I don't think that I don't think that quote holds a lot of prevalence now, as opposed to five years ago. But there are still those who live in the past of the Big Red Machine and Bob Huggins. I hope we don't do that with Luke Fickle. Because we shouldn't. We're going to remember Luke Fickle for what he did to build this program and get it on the map. The next head coach, we need to, we need to give him a very, very good chance. You can't bail on him after one game or one month or one season. Did you bail on Luke Fickle after 4-8? and eight? No. Did you bail? I mean, yeah, I don't even need to go further. Coming up tomorrow, um, we'll take a look. I had this in my notes, sorry. We will take a look tomorrow at who the most important players are as far as who stays and goes to the transfer portal and coaches who are leaving. All right? Coaches who are leaving. Because that's going to also play an impact. Been a crazy week. Maybe we'll have some news tomorrow. It's Thursday. John Garcia Jr. joins me Friday. That's going to be a really interesting conversation. Haven't had him on in a long time. So we'll be good to catch up with him. And thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Free and available everywhere you get your podcasts as part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's. N-N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram, alexfrank9 underscore, or email me at alex3frank at gmail. 
Com. Thanks again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. How about for your second listen? Check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most, the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports Today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great rest of your day. Um, Bearcats take it on New Jersey Institute of Technology tonight. Um, Back home at Fifth Third Arena, Bearcats need to win about every game they can and just maybe find a way to upset Xavier in, what are we, um, 11 days away from the shoot. Is it 11? Uh, I think it might be 10. Yeah, 10 days away. So big time uh, stretch coming up for the Bearcats. All non-conference home games remaining are at home. NJIT, Bryant, Xavier, Miami, Detroit Mercy, and LaSalle. I think LaSalle, Detroit, Mercy might be in reverse order, but those are the non-conference games that are remaining. Uh, actually, I think uh, – I don't want to say anything I don't know. But anyway, um, it is NJIT, Bryant on Sunday, Crosstown Shootout on Saturday the 10th, Miami, LaSalle the 17th, Detroit, Mercy the 21st. I had that right. Um Once again, I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. Thank you for listening. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll be back here tomorrow right here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.